right, we do this one more time for the week. It is a Friday edition of the Talkin' Audio Podcast. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the show. We are on social media at Talkin' Audio. Make sure you're following along there. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us. Uh, the traffic continues to grow. We appreciate that. More and more you find in your way over to, uh, to TCA. So thank you for being here. It's been quite a week. The Toronto Maple Leafs can't decide who their starting goalie is. Uh, we have a new World Series champion who I refuse to acknowledge. The Ottawa Senators are... Oof. It was quite a week for the Senators. We're going to talk about none of it here today. Ken Reed is going to be here to talk to us about his new book. Ken Reed, of course, from uh, Sportsnet Central every night. And this will be his TCA debut, so we're looking forward to that. But next week's looking pretty good, too. Uh, as you heard earlier this week, we had to reschedule some things, had to rejig some things. So next week, AJ Jackubek will be here. We'll finally hit that post-mortem on the Ottawa Red Blacks. He'll break it all down for us. Of course, Lever Sage will be back as well. We're working on a couple other things. We'll see what, uh, what comes to pass, but it should be a good week around here, as it always is. But there's no need to waste any time here. No need to mess around. Let's get right into it. Let's bring him in. He's got a new book out right now. It's called Ken Reed's Hometown Hockey Heroes from Sportsnet. It is Ken Reed. How are you doing today, Ken? Good, man. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. I appreciate you making some time. Uh, Happy to. <laughs> uh, I, I got to start with uh, a guy, a blast from your past here, a guy, a, a name I hope you're going to remember. He'll be insulted mm-hmm. if you don't. Mr. Lee Versage here in the nation's oh. capital. Yeah, Donatella Versace. Absolutely. <laughs> Love Versage. Love Versage. He was, uh, when I got to Ottawa, I'm like, this guy's awesome because he was kind of, he was on uh, Ottawa 67's games and he would just give it in between periods. Total. Total personality, real honest broadcaster. I love Versage. So he comes in here every week and co-hosts the podcast once a week now. And uh, okay. he's doing that. So he said, I'm supposed to ask you about you trying to golf at the Hunt Club. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was golfing at the Hunt Club and uh, the marshal came up and told me I had to change my shorts because I had cargo shorts on. So I had to go in the clubhouse and buy a proper pair of shorts to continue my round. I think it cost <laughs> me about 90 bucks. I believe that was what Lee would be referring to. Yeah, they got yeah. a pretty strict, I guess, dress yes. code over there. Or I did you, not you were know slumming that. it. Haven't worn cargo shorts on a golf course since. <laughs> learned which an important is probably the right, probably the right thing to do. I learned that. I always tell my kids there's two ways to learn: the easy way and the hard way. I learned that one the hard way. It cost me ninety bucks. <laughs> Uh, before we get to the book, I think I mentioned to you when we were setting this up that one of the things we would normally do when we're having a guest in studio is we'll sit down yeah. and we'll we'll share a craft beer with them. You and I obviously doing this remotely. I'm just curious whether the craft beer thing is your scene at all, if there's anything you'd like to shout out, anything that stands out to you. It's not really my scene, but uh, when we go down to uh, to Wellington, we got a place down there, so my wife and I often find ourselves at the Midtown Brewery, oh, so they yeah. got a... I, I'll, I'll sample one or two of those, and uh, you know my sons get hired on the soda pop, so we'll have a good time down there at the Midtown Brewery in Wellington, so I'll, I'll give them a shout-out. I know you're a uh, Nova Scotia guy. That place at this point is just crawling with great new breweries. They're, uh, oh, it the- is. Yeah. It is, and, and vineyards down in Wolfville, it's, it's quite the scene down there. Scotty MacArthur was on here not too long ago, and he's uh, he's moved himself out to Nova Scotia, and he was raving yeah. about some of the options out there, so... Yeah, I, I see that. There's uh, there's a nice Tatamagush Brewing's a good one. Uh, that's not too far from where I grew up. Church so, Brewing, I know, is big around Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's taken off everywhere, really. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I want to obviously ask you about the book, and I'm sure you get asked this um, or have been asked this before, but I'm intrigued by the way you go about 
the concepts for your books because it's not they're, they're very rarely just like a, a biography or mm-hmm. you know the story of this team or something you you have done you know one night only guys who just made it into the NHL for one game uh, one to remember get the the NHL's guys who've only scored one goal the hockey card mm-hmm. stories like do these ideas just sort of come to you Do people approach you with them I'm, I'm curious like your approach to this is a little different than a lot of people's yeah uh, I kind of just stumbled into it really it started with the hockey card thing and uh, lots of people were blogging about cards, but you know there were some funny cards out there. So I wanted to know what the guys on the cards thought of them. And my original concept was uh, there's no such thing as a common card. So I would call up guys whose cards weren't worth a ton of money and, and talk to them about that because I always say that there's a story in everything. Uh, the publisher wanted some Hall of Famers and stuff, so I got that. But you know, just kind of kept humming along, and I I love the stories of the superstars of the game. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. But I think there's so much more to the game than just the superstars. So I kind of want to shine a light on those guys. And it, I, and I guess I took it to an extreme in this book because I want to shine a light on, on the superstars of the game who didn't make the NHL. In some cases, didn't. In a lot of cases, didn't even make pro. But we're kind of the superstars are their hometown. And I guess like all good things, um, you do what you know. And uh, I didn't grow up in a city. I didn't run to Maple Leaf Gardens every night or the Forum every night. I ran down the hill to the Hector Arena in Pictel, where there was cigarette smoke that reeked of French fries and it cost a buck to get in. So that's what I wrote about. And it turns out uh, it's quite relatable to a lot of people across Canada. And I also think it's it's nice to, to, to shine a light on and remember that hockey is so much more than the NHL. It's so much more than Major Junior. It's, it's the guys in your own town. And that's what this book's about. So, you know, that has to present some unique challenges here, at least in the, mm-hmm. the world of the superstar or whatever. You, the, there's the media angle, there's agents, there's people you can contact to, to get a hold of it. In some cases, these are people who, you know, never, as you said, never made pro and are just probably still settled doing a, you know, an honest day's work in their own hometowns. Where do you even begin to reach out yeah. and find these guys to talk to them? Yeah, so I, I, I had the idea for the book based on my buddy Teapot back in Picto, who's a lobster fisherman. Uh, he's like a legend in the town. Everybody loves the guy. Nicest guy in the world. He was a big junior. He was the junior C sniper in the mid-80s in Pictou. And he was the golf champ. He was the best darts player in town, the best pool player, the best third baseman. And uh, he, I thought there got to be guys who grew up loving a guy in their hometown. So I had that idea for the book. So I, I actually threw it out on Twitter. And Twitter actually worked for good. Wow. Like it did for me and you. It kind of hooked me and you up. And yeah, yeah. I, I threw it out there wondering what kind of a response will I get because I wanted to do this book and I got a ton of responses. So then I got to go, well, who are these guys? Right. So instead of calling the subject first, I'd call the fan first and get their perspective. Then, you know, dig through old newspaper articles if I could find some and just call the guys and let them talk, let them have their say. And some of the guys run hockey DB, most of them were not. But I uh, just kind of put it together that way. It was it was a lot of detective work, which which made it a lot of fun. It was it was kind of nice going into to interviews without having any preconceived notions of anyone, um, because I just kind of found out about them as I went, which made which made it a lot of fun. As you're doing the detective work, is there anybody that like, wow, this sounds incredible. This sounds like a great story, and you just couldn't find them. Uh, not really, no. Um, when I when I narrowed the guys down, I had pretty much good success finding anyone. Anyone I kind of concentrate on, I, I actually ended up finding them, which was nice. Yeah. So 
as you're working your way through it, do these guys, in some cases, you know, you said you sort of reached out and, and the fans would be the ones who would give you the names. In, in any cases, are, are you talking to the actual player and have them, you know, they, they mention a name that you hadn't heard and, and that leads mm-hmm. you to another story. Is there any change that way? Or? Uh, no, there, there, there weren't any that way, but I was surprised how many people in the hockey world had someone that they wanted to talk about. Like I got onto Paul Palillo from uh, from Brantford because mm-hmm. of Troy Smith, who was a coach in the OHL at one point, and his father helped put together the, ta- the team that Paul played for in uh, in Brantford. So there was a lot of connections like that. Um, but it was it's funny because, yeah, I guess I could do another book on some of the names that the guys dropped in the book. Right. So there's so many people out here that could fit into this book. So if it ends up being a series, that'd be great too, because I, I really enjoyed the process of putting this one together. Anybody that you reached out to hesitant to talk? I think a lot of people like to relive their glory days, but some people don't want the attention. I'm just, you know, you don't have to drop uh, any names, but. No one was hesitant, but I think they were all quite flattered yeah. and quite surprised that people still speak highly of them all these years later. And I think, uh, like I just did a book signing in Edmonton and Richie Perot is one of the gentlemen in the book. He's 76 years old. He was a senior player in St. Albert and his story starts with Troy Murray who played over 900 games in the NHL, basically saying in St. Albert in the seventies, Comets games were the place to be. And we all went there to watch Richie Perot. And I read that to Richie. He was just beyond flattered by that. <laughs> so I think these guys are beyond flattered that, I think they knew they were making an impact and maybe influenced a few kids when they were playing many years ago. But I think they are impressed by the lasting power of the impression that they made on so many young people who are now adults um, who went on to various lines of work, in some cases broadcasting, in some cases coaching, some cases the NHL, some cases being a teacher, being a principal, having nothing to do with hockey. But those, these guys made an impression on them. And it stuck with them for the rest of their lives. It's funny, eh? Because as a kid, you really have no concept. I, I can remember my grandparents mm-hmm. taking me to a game in Halliburton, Ontario, and the mm-hmm. ring probably seated like 300 people at max or whatever, but it was yeah. full on a weekend afternoon. And I couldn't even tell you what the name of the Halliburton team was in the late eighties. That was, we were there to see, but I was at the hockey game with my grandparents. You have no concept that this isn't the biggest league, right? You're just like, ask right. oh, who's number 79 or, oh, this is right. so much fun. And I guess those are the memories that stick with you, right? Oh, I remember watching that guy when I was six years yep. old and thinking, this is King shit, right? This is as big as it gets. That's exactly it. And when you're at that game as a 10 year old, you're engaged, right? right? Like I, I watch my youngest son, watch my older son. And he says, who's number 79? Who's number 96? You just buy into what's, what's in front of you. And it's so pure. And, and that's what I did with this junior C team, the team, the Picto Mariners. In town, the Picto Manners, they they wore great, awesome matching uniforms. I mean, it looked like the NHL as far sure. as I knew, right? <laughs> I could go pat the guys on the shoulder as they came out on the ice. And I love it when I see kids at a hockey game, like you said, at any level. They're engaged. They're into it. Like, you think it's the biggest thing in the world. And for me, it was. And the guys playing, they probably, they knew it wasn't the biggest thing in the world. Of course, yeah. They're, they're playing because they love the game. Mm-hmm but they're still making an impression on the little kids watching it. And in some cases, the adults in town watch it. Sure. And uh, in small towns, when you're a little guy uh, or girl, the game in front of you can mean just as much as the NHL does. And I think we've forgotten that a lot these days because there's games on the NHL every night. But get off your couch sometimes and go watch your junior team or 
U18 team or senior team because it's fun. Right. And, you know, the, and if you go into the right rank, you still get the smell of rib fries. You know, <laughs> it, it, it still works. I uh, I grew up in Oshawa, so like I had yep. the Generals there, and it wasn't that far, you know, if you were lucky enough to be able to go to the Leafs. But I did spend a year when I was about, you know, 21, 22, living up uh, about three hours from Thunder Bay in Marathon, Ontario. And wow. they had the uh, North Superior Golden Eagles or something like that. And you, you'd go in there on a Saturday, and the rink is jammed. And those guys knew, like those fans knew the name of all their kids, right? It was, yes. it, it was the biggest deal. They're not going to get to... To Toronto, that's not. It might be closer to go to Winnipeg at that point. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're not going to NHL games, so this is this is the show. This is the biggest one in town, and yeah, after the game, they're going out for beer to talk about it. And yeah, it, that was kind of refreshing to see it at that level, right? As yeah. like, people care about this across the country. That was my reality, yeah. and that is a reality in so many parts of the country. I mean, there's still over 100 senior teams in Saskatchewan. The Newfoundland Senior League is great. Did they get the crowds they used to? No. And that's because we could sit at home and watch on TV, right. but please, but get out. And, and yeah, it, it was the big deal. I mean, I remember as a kid after the Mariners games on Saturday nights, I'd go to the midget game on Sunday. That was packed. The midget B game. It was great. And I mean, rinks in small towns and you know, this rinks in small towns, they're not just a place to watch hockey. They were a place to socialize. They were a place to get to know your neighbors. They were a place to pit. Is my town better than that town? Right. Because, most of the time, the kids played for you weren't recruited in from out of town. They were just the kids from town, yep. the guys from town. Was, I, and I think it's in a lot of places, it's still that, which is fantastic. So as you're putting this together, it, it's probably difficult to to pick one or, or whatever. You, you've spent a lot of time and effort on this. But did you have one story that was your favorite or that you found kind of wild or just, you know, something that stands out to you that you'd share here? Uh, I don't know if there's one that stands out. Um, I think Cliff Duchesne in Manitoba stands out just because he passed away at such an early age and, and the impact Cliff had on his teammates was incredible. He's a guy that played junior A at the OCN Blizzard and just the impact he had on his teammates, um, that stays with them for life and his coaches and it's still passed on, uh, for the Norman North Stars in, in the Manitoba Midget League. Um, I look at a guy like Robbie Forbes who played for Cornerbrook in Newfoundland and he was a star and he was maybe caught in the wrong era. His nephew's a star now. His nephew's name Sidney Crosby. <laughs> I look at a guy like Bruce Campbell in New Waterford who maybe, you know, signed a contract agreement with Winnipeg when he should have went in the draft and maybe that altered who he was, but his love of the game kept him going where he'd play men's league in Sydney, Nova Scotia. And then if the Cape Breton Oilers were short a man the next night in the American league, he'd play for them. Or uh, the, like Pinky Gallant in PEI, who was just sets an inspiration to Gerard Gallant. And Pinky passed away too young. He's been a huge inspiration to his sons. And Pinky was a tough guy in Prince Edward Island, nicest guy in the world. His sons, Alex and Brett, are tough guys in the American League, nicest guys in the world. And Alex just had a fight that went viral for the Calgary Wranglers. Hmm. He was just shocking him a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> everybody in the book had a great story. And, and I think... The thing I found is everyone paid it forward when their careers were done because that's what people in hockey do. And in a lot of cases, uh, the guys in the book, when I think of a Tyson Watney in, in Saskatchewan, they got just as much from their communities as their communities gave to them, which I, which I think was very special. 
Uh, tell us a little more about the book, where people can pick it up and uh, what they should know going in. Yeah, you can pick it up, of course, on Amazon. You can pick it up at Chapters Indigo. You can pick it up at your local bookstore, as they say. Wherever, you find, wherever fine books are sold, please pick up Ken Reed's Hometown Hockey Heroes. Available now. There you go. That's the ad, right? Love it. Um, can't tell you how much I appreciate you making some time. Uh, I, I'm not finished yet. I've, I'm, I'm about halfway through at this point. I'm okay. really enjoying it. I'm a, I'm a nerd for this sort of stuff. You and I talked. Me too. Yeah. Bef- yeah. Before we got started, even about uh, you know a, a run-in encounter I had with Paul Palillo at one point. So now you see that story in writing, and you're like, wow, man, that's pretty cool. That. Uh, I, well, well, yeah, and I love that you kicked it back to this book. My hope is that when people read it. They're going to say, hey, you should have done a story on this guy from my town. Sure. That's, I hope people get that out of it, too. And uh, maybe maybe Volume 2 will have that, right? So, maybe, Maddie, maybe. I appreciate it, Ken. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Okay, that was Ken Reed from, uh, from Sportsnet. A lot of fun there. Uh, cool to talk to him. Cool that he made a little bit of time for us. Uh, the book, honestly, I'm about halfway through it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. And as Kenny said there... You know, kind of interesting sometimes to sit back and just hear what legends these guys become in their own small towns across this giant country. Uh, Not everybody's going to make it to Hockey Night in Canada. Not everybody's going to make it to the World Juniors. But you kind of, you know, you can can kind of become that local hero, that local legend that, uh, that people remember for a long time. And the book's been really enjoyable in that regard. So we will link to it in the show notes. Uh, here on uh, tallcanaudio.com or whatever app you're listening to us on right now. Uh, You just click into the episode here and the link, if you want to check it out, will be there. Of course, if you buy it through our link, we'll get a little bit of a kickback. Not a bad way to support the podcast, so uh, we appreciate it if uh, if you're going to check it out to uh, use our link. That's going to do it for another week of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Rob will be back in here on Monday, as I said a little earlier on. AJ Jackie back, Lever Sage. We'll uh, roll through another good week uh, there next week. Things are shaping up quite nicely. we got more good stuff coming here as the weeks roll on towards the holiday season. A couple things we're not quite ready to announce, but that are going to be a lot of fun. So hope you'll stick around for, uh, for all of that. In the meantime, I thank you for listening. Appreciate you being here. Make sure you're following along on social media at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. My name's Matt Robinson. We'll see you Monday. That's it. Cannot work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.